Hello, everybody, and welcome to Iceberg to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. We hope at Inside the Penguins that you had a great holiday weekend if you're in the United States and celebrated Thanksgiving this weekend. And we hope that it was uh, relaxing watching those three games in four days for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They only came out with one victory. And while, yes, Saturday was a good night for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a good victory to get over the Toronto Maple Leafs. There is still one phase of the game which has been an overwhelming negative and something the Pittsburgh Penguins just haven't been able to figure out. And it's the power play. The Penguins power play currently ranked 26th in the National Hockey League. A power play with Sidney Crosby, Eric Carlson, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, and whoever else is on that unit today, as we'll talk about, it's Brian Rust at Penguins practice. But that unit is 26th in the National Hockey League so far. Through 20 games, too, so a large sample size at 12.6% success rate. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. They've scored seven power play goals on the entire season through 56 power play opportunities. So yes, something needs to change. They need to figure it out. And I don't think I need to spend time explaining why they need to figure out their top power play unit. Like I mentioned, they did make another slight tweak to that unit today at practice. Brian Rust who practiced in a full capacity as he's trying to come back from an injury that has kept him out the last three games. He practiced on the top power play unit with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Eric Carlson, and Jake Gensel. The four horsemen, the four guys that, for the most part, have been immovable on that unit all season long, and three of them have been immovable on that unit dating back, I don't know, four, five, maybe six years at this point since Jake Gensel joined that group. So, I get it. It's fine. I like Brian Rust. He's having a fantastic season, and I especially like him at left flank as a right shot as opposed to seeing a guy like Evgeny Malkin up there who's a left shot on the left flank. It opens up the one-timer. It creates more of a shot-first mentality having a righty over on that side. But is that going to be enough of a new look? Probably not, right? Not to mention it's not really a new look. We've seen it this season. We saw it to start the season, Brian Rust, on the left flank with those four players in that exact way, and it hasn't worked. How many times do we have to just rotate the door on the left side? Last year, it was Raquel and Rust. That's all they did. The only change they made was now Raquel's on the top unit, now Rust's on the top unit, and they always went to the same position, the left flank. This year so far, with the exception of the one game where they really threw everything in the Yahtzee dice container and threw it out there, the one game they tried that, outside of that, it has been Raquel on the left side, Rust on the left side, and oh, we got a new new essential piece here. We can throw Riley Smith out there as well. So now we're just rotating between three instead of two, and realistically, not moving the other four pieces on the chessboard here. I feel like it's not going to (laughs) work, personally. I feel like there are other ways that you could change this power play outside of changing the scheme, which needs to happen regardless. 
But if you want to just simply change at this point, if you want to look and change the personnel, I personally believe, and this might not be a pin and you agree with, I think there are three changes personnel-wise that would create a new look and potentially would create a spark and an improvement on the Penguins' currently impotent power play. First and foremost, if you're obsessed with only switching who's on the left flank, why have we not gone back to putting Chris Letang on that top unit? The Penguins have given up a lot of shorthanded opportunities. It would certainly help to put Chris Letang out there, who is exhibiting some of the best defensive play we have seen in his entire career this season. Now, I understand you don't want to have to deal with that because you don't want to have turnovers on turnovers on turnovers, but having somebody like Letang, who is defensively minded, at least more so than a guy like Evgeny Malkin at the top of the key, or a guy like Eric Carlson, who's currently at the top of the zone, having Letang there might help out a little bit more. But again, who cares about defense? You need to be successful offensively on the power play. This was the original plan. Back in September, Latang was put on that unit with the other four in the left flank, but he was uncomfortable at the outset. You could tell that, hey, he wasn't quite used to playing the left flank, so what they did is by the time the season started on October 10th, they completely abandoned it. Latang was now the quarterback of the second power play unit, and they went back to the revolving door on the left side. Well, first and foremost, I don't blame Chris Latang for not being comfortable in that position because he hadn't played significant time there since 2011. It's a different vibe. It's a different feel. So the Penguins, they didn't give him enough time there. They didn't give, they gave him what, three, four preseason games? That was just not enough time. When I'm looking at Latang on the left flank, he is that right shot, which is something that I think needs to be a necessity. Second of all, I think he has, I think, he does have more talent than the other options at that side. He has more talent than Brian Rust. He has more talent than Ricardo Raquel. He has more talent than Riley Smith. You can argue if you want, but my opinion is he is just a step above those guys. I think he's a better playmaker, and I think when it comes to shots, maybe Riley Smith has a better shot than him. I think it's close at that time. Brian Rust, yes, but at the same time, you're not forfeiting that much when it comes to the actual shot and the capability of him as a shooting option in that side. And I think the upside of him as a passer in that role is going to outweigh that regardless. So while I understand that it didn't look good in the preseason, why did you completely abandon it in 20 games into the season? Why wouldn't you try to go back to that again? Right? Because at this point, his chemistry with Eric Carlson is much better than it was in camp. So that's going to make it a little bit more comfortable for him because not only was he trying to get used to a position that he hadn't played in 12, 13 seasons, he's trying to get used to somebody in Eric Carlson that is a very different player in general, not just while also trying to get used to a new position. So I think putting Latang, if you're, if you're dead set on only changing personnel-wise who's on the left flank, why not try Latang? I think that over time that would benefit the Pittsburgh Penguins. It might not work right away, but you look at what they've done through 20 games, it can't get much worse, can it? Right? They're 26 in the NHL. They're at 12% right now on success rate. It can't get very much worse. So if it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better, that's fine, especially because you're trying all these other things that you've already done. Rust on the left flank. Raquel is injured, so I guess he's out of the picture. 
Riley Smith on the left flank. If you're just going to try these things, why not try the newest element, which is Chris Letang, who has not played a regular season game in that spot since Eric Carlson joined the Pittsburgh Penguins. The second one, and now this one I understand is more 50-50 on whether or not it will work. We'll have to see what he looks like in that role, but put Nolachari in the net front. Penguins continue to be one of the worst net front teams in the league this year. I can count on one hand the amount of deflection goals the Pittsburgh Penguins have scored 20 games into the 2023-24 season. Not good. Not good in a league where goaltenders, if you don't get deflections on, if you don't get rebound opportunities, if you're not in the net front, it's going to become increasingly harder to beat them because they're much better at stopping that first shot. Almost every goaltender in this league now is going to be able to stop that first shot nine times out of ten. You need somebody in the net front to take away his eyes, like Nolachari said on Saturday, what he was able to do on the Eric Carlson goal. He said, the first time I had that opportunity, I was pushed out of the net front a little bit. I wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to happen again, and I wanted to make sure I took Joseph Wool's eyes. He did, and it led to the game-winning goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They need somebody like that on the power play. Jake Gensel hasn't been horrible since going into the net front presence after Patrick Hornquist left the Pittsburgh Penguins, but he's just not that guy. He has great hand-eye coordination, he has a great shot, he's a great goal scorer, but he's not great in that net front role. He never has been, right? He's been okay, he's been serviceable, but when this unit is failing the way that it is, and they're continuing to just shoot the puck from the point, and when it does get through the shin pads of the defenders, the goaltender makes the first save and nobody is there to put away the rebound. Achari, at the very least has that fearlessness that is necessary to stand in the line of fire and screen the goaltender until the puck is actually on the net. He's proved to have some decent hands in tight over his career, so he does give you some of that extra goal-scoring capability in the front, but his aura resembles that of Patrick Hornquist. He's pretty much the same height. Hornquist was only 5'11 and like 195 pounds. Nolachari's 5'10 and like 206 make it hard to get you out of the net front, screen the goaltender, take his eyes away. I think that would improve the Pittsburgh Penguins' chances. Now, understandably, who do you take off the unit? Because somebody has to come off for Nolachari. Again, I said this a couple games ago after the Rangers game. I think Evgeny Malkin needs to sit. I think Evgeny Malkin needs to sit, and I think Jake Gensel would benefit from being in that spot on the left flank. I think you need to just get him more opportunities to shoot in general on the man advantage. So maybe you sit down Malkin, you throw Achari in there, and you run with Gensel, Carlson, Crosby up at the top of this circle, and then you have Nola Achari down there in the middle, and then figure somebody else out. Maybe you don't take Evgeny Malkin out. Maybe you keep him on there. I would also like to see a guy like Brian Rust out there with that unit. Could you imagine Brian Rust and Nolachari? Now, the only problem with that is actual time on ice, and both of those guys are key contributors to your penalty kill on the forward side, but I don't know. Something about Evgeny Malkin's game just hasn't screamed confidence on the power play this entire season, and it seems like he might need a rest. Regardless, I think Nolachari in the net front of the power play is something that could be a new look for the Pittsburgh Penguins and could result in a little bit of better opportunities and potentially even more than a 12% success rate 
on the man advantage. The last one, and this one is simple. It's not really a personnel decision as much as a, a scheme decision. You need to move Crosby into a more prominent position on the power play. Everything he has touched this season has turned to gold. Why is he seemingly the third option on the power play? And they're not going to say that. They're going to say, you know what? Our power play is supposed to use together, uh, move together. It's a cohesive unit. There's no one quarterback. We all move and take charge and take command. The problem with that is when there's that many cooks in the kitchen and no general, where is everybody going? And it's not working right now. So why is it seemingly Eric Carlson's the quarterback, which I get. He's at the top of the circle. He is probably still the best pure passer on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So yes, run it through him. But Crosby needs to be in a more dangerous position than shifting from the right flank down to the goal line on the right side and trying to come in through the side of the goaltender and not really in front of the net. Why is Crosby, anytime I see him on the right side, down low by the goal line, I'm so confused. Yes, he has scored plenty of goals from that area, but more often than not, that's not a high danger scoring chance. It could be for Crosby, but you could move him in better ways to get him better looks, and considering how good he has been this season, you get him better looks, you're going to get more goals. Because it seems as if, the power play is predicated on can Evgeny Malkin and Eric Carlson open up a lane for themselves and try to, to shoot the puck past whoever's in net, right? Either that or they're overpassing it and it turns into a turnover and it goes 200 feet down the ice. The point is, if you're not going to change the scheme, because, I mean, at the end of the day, any of these moves could be like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. The scheme and the system as a whole has been pretty ineffective all season long. It's not always the players. It's sometimes the system. And, and this time it looks like it's close to 50-50, if not 60-40 in favor of the system being the issue. But any of these three changes, in my eyes, would provide more of a spark, more of a change, than simply continuing to rotate through that left flank position. From going from Brian Russ to Ricard Raquel to Riley Smith and going through those three options and saying that's what we changed on the power play. Like I said, if you want to continue to do that, give Chris Letang a shot. But if you're not going to, you know, if you're actually going to get creative, try Nolachari. Move Crosby into a different position. Put him in the bumper position that Washington uses TJ Ocean. You don't think that those two players would be able to have similar success in that position? It's a it's a system thing, it's a personnel thing, it's a power play thing that just needs to be figured out. You're 20 games into the season, and you have seven power play goals. I don't want to hear that they're one of the, you know, I don't want to say least penalized, so it's the best way to say that. One of the teams that have been able to draw the least amount of penalties, again, that's on your team. How do you draw penalties? Playing hard in the offensive zone, continuing to go to the tough areas and forcing these other teams into a bad position where they have to take a penalty. The Penguins don't do that enough. That's a different discussion for a different day. But looking at the power play as a whole, those three changes are the ones that I would look at if you're looking to make some personnel changes or at least some movement on that unit, trying to make that power play a little bit better. Let me know in the comments section what do you think would help the Pittsburgh Penguins power play. And if you say fire Reardon, I mean... I'm not necessarily against it, but also I'm not sure how much that would help at this point. I'm not exactly sure how much of a difference that personally would make. But again, we'll have to wait and see. I just simply think that the movement on the left flank is something that is deja vu all over again. And it's, uh, 
It's not a good sign for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They need their power play to be much, much better. But that's going to be it for this one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from.